0: Welcome back to Homestuck Made This World, a show about critical analysis and contextualization of the webcomic Homestuck. I'm Michael, and with me, as usual, is Cameron. I'm stuck. I'm stuck at home. Oh, no. Help. It's taken this long, but it's finally happened. Help. I got, I got a stuffed
1: grandpa over here. <laughs> I've never left home.
0: <laughs> Some real early act nostalgia here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> hey Andy, hey Andy, I'm, I'm stuck at home. <laughs> oh my God, the the get o, get Opie over here right now. <laughs> the Mayberry AU.
1: <laughs> How did no one do that? Oh. I gotta look. I gotta look. I gotta look. Call
0: on Mayberry, <laughs> Homestuck, AU. For for the kids at home, Cameron and I are now engaging on a long riff about the Andy Griffith show.
1: I uh, no no one oh. there are apparently people maybe have put characters named Mayberry great name by the way mm-hmm. I mean why not do that but it doesn't look like there is a Mayberry AU oh my gosh oh. the what's that guy who cut who cuts their hair the Bart Floyd, oh, Floyd yeah isn't that Floyd, his name yeah. oh
0: man <laughs> get him in Homestuck he's dad <laughs> yeah. oh and the the town drunk uh, Otis oh yeah, yeah. Otis uh-huh. that's Friska uh-huh. Friska's Otis <laughs> yes Doing mind control on yeah, everyone to yeah. not,
1: uh, you know, uh, to prevent them from intervening mm-hmm. in what's going on with Otis's whole shit.
0: Aunt B is Car Cat, of course. Uh-huh.
1: I can't, I can't believe <laughs> that kid.
0: <laughs> She's like constantly
1: freaking out about ever whatever. And uh, weirdly enough, you know, tracing Homestuck all the way back to uh, Arrested Development uh opie's just an opie he's yeah. just ron howard yeah. <laughs> 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 oh oh what a call pack Ron Howard is my OC in in all. I don't tell people that too often, but when I do a self-insert character, it's just Ron Howard. That's what that's been my uh, major contribution to the Chronicles of Riddick uh, fanfic <laughs> has been inserting Ron Howard uh, into various, you know, planet prison planets, mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, new Athena Alcatraz, Riddick. space Alcatraz, whatever
0: it was called. Riddick like rolls around a corner. He saw Ron Howard and kept going. <laughs>
1: we hour was smoking a cigar, mm-hmm. he was like a fat stogie. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, <laughs> hey, Riddick. What are the what are the Morbians doing? Whatever. You remember that? Did you see that movie? Did you see the Chronicles? Are oh, a million years ago. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like the Morbians or whatever they're yeah. called, the Death Eaters, yeah. the Necroids. Yeah, oh gosh. Uh, Chronicles of Ridd. Hold on, I gotta get this right. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh we'll get to Homestuck in a minute. This is way I like this more. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see here. Uh directed by David Twoe. I don't I don't I don't know this guy's name, but He's... Carl Urban plays a uh Helion Prime and Air Elemental. <laughs> Uh, necromongers. Here yes, we go. Yeah, uh, yeah the I knew there was
0: necro in there somewhere, but I couldn't remember what it was.
1: Yeah. Well, they mong necro yeah, of course naturally. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm feeling good.
0: Great. Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Let's keep this energy up. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I bet nothing's going to take me down. Yeah. Uh,
0: no. No. Uh, surprises here as uh, we get ready to start partisode ten three of Homestuck. Made this world uh, discussing a whole bunch of stuff. Cool. Uh, I'll summarize it. On Mina's moon in the dream bubbles, Riska complains about Arrhenia's self-insertion into current events and how she's hogging the spotlight, which Riska knows never works. Not to mention, is a teenage dweeb, self-insertion might go better if she were a cool adult. Vriska sees herself and her imitation of Mindfang in this, and reflects on how even when she acted like she was poised and self-confident, she was nevertheless always obsessed with what other people thought about her. Mina, who has a more forthright approach to life, wonders why they don't just go kill Lord English now. Vriska admits Arania did all the work in maintaining the ghost army, her psychic powers being greatly extended by her years in the dream bubbles. Anyway, Vriska asks, wouldn't it be easier to just give up on this stupid mission? On Jade's planet, Jake's hope field begins to fade, and the phantom Dirk begins to lose his reality. Rose shows up, confused, but complies when Dirk orders her to take the sleeping Roxy elsewhere. Terezi is vocally frustrated by Gamzee not fighting back. Jane throws her trident into Jake, killing him, which deactivates the Hope Field and evaporates the Ghost Dirk. Arania is left alive after Dirk's soul attack, but the shock breaks her control over Gamzee. Seeming confused and frightened, he asks Teresi why she's hurting him, before going juggalo nuts again and violently beating her, an act which is mercifully obscured by a bunch of glitch artifacts. Jane now attacks Arania, who puts her to sleep, but Jane's body is controlled by her tiara top, so she nevertheless tackles Arania. Jake resurrects, his death being neither heroic nor just, and he watches Gamzee brutalize Terezi. Rose wonders if this is a troll romance thing, or whether she should intervene. After he executes a juggalo wrestling move on Terezi, the chunk of Jade's house Gamzee, Terezi, and Jake are on begins to sink into the lava lagoon. Terezi falls off the edge as Karkat and Kanaya arrive, just in time to witness Gamzee's nightmarish grin as he grabs Terezi's arm, saving her. Rose takes a shot at him and misses. He takes Terezi hostage and flips off Karkat. Karkat and Kanaya ready their weapons, but everyone freezes as, overhead, the Condessa arrives on her battleship, extremely unhappy with how things are going. On October 16th, 2013, shitty green curtains fall as Act 6, Act 6, Intermission 2 ends, and the Gigapause begins. The Gigapause is Andrew Hussey's name, given in a news post for a significant hiatus in Homestuck's update schedule. As Hussey explains, time is needed to work on the Kickstarter game, Homestuck itself, and the concluding animations. That the end of Homestuck will consist of one or more animations is confirmed by this news. The ostensible plan is to finish everything in one update at the end of the hiatus. There is, at first, no estimate on when this might happen. The posters in the Something Awful thread bid each other goodbye. In a way, they feel the comic is already over. As with the previous hiatuses, the thread will be locked, and when it next convenes, these posters expect they will be meeting to discuss the end of Homestuck. But the thread is not locked. So people keep talking. A point of concern raised to me from our listenership from time to time has been that I should not take the Something Awful thread as the fandom writ large, which is not my intention. I direct you to the various early partisodes where I explain that not only does the thread suit my needs for this show as a more or less complete log presented in chronological order, but also because this was the space where I most frequently posted – In other words, this was my community, and I have the best handle on how to read it for you. But here is something else that I think holds true. The factionalism of the Homestuck fandom cannot be overstated. Every opinion and its opposite that could have been had seemingly was multiple times over and in various places. But as we have also suggested in our discussions here, these factions were not unitary or stable with different voices or broad-stroke opinions emerging and receding over time and often crossing various ad hoc boundaries. And in these cases, too, the thread's discussions are, I think, illustrative. So, as the gigapause sets in, people in the thread get nostalgic and talk about their favorite parts of Old Homestuck. They talk about... Their own favorite webcomics, Paranatural, Cucumber Quest, Gunner Craig Court, and MSPA spinoffs prequel and Kill Six Billion Demons. They talk about how Vriska sucks. They talk about how Vriska rules. They talk about how everyone talking about Vriska sucks. They talk about how everyone talking about Vriska rules. They talk about how when they submitted commands, sometimes they were used. They recommend people who have not read Problem Sleuth do so. They wonder if the Rex, Duo Sim and Jealous animation will ever be finished. They argue that Promstuck is problematic because they read it as John being bullied out of the closet. They say Promstuck is fun because it's silly and goofy and you shouldn't take it that seriously. They don't tell you that if you go to patreon.com slash you can support us at the appropriate tier to hear our Homestuck Made This World bonus episodes on all of these topics and more, uh, but it's nice to imagine that they did. They start talking about the changes they'd make if they were asked to be an editor and approach Homestuck as a first draft. They would get rid of the trolls. They would get rid of the alphas. They would get rid of the exiles. They would focus only on the trolls. They wonder whether Namco will make the Homestuck game. They complain that Hussie has too many ongoing commitments. They make comparisons to George R.R. Martin. They wonder how Homestuck will end. They wonder if they should read this Dongan Rampa Let's Play, since everyone else in the Homestuck fandom seems to be talking about it. Many Homestuck fans become Dongan Rampa fans, since if there's one thing Homestuck fans like, it's convoluted serial comic stories about teenagers murdering each other. And while we're here, it would be remiss not to mention some of the other fandoms that gained a boost from Homestuckian engagement as people, in the thread but also largely outside of it, sought to fill the void left by the Gigapaws. This includes Free Iwatobi Swim Club, an anime about pretty boys on a swim team birthed seemingly entirely from Tumblr's memification of a swimming anime based on a brief ad by an animation company. There is also Attack on Titan already a juggernaut on its own terms, but which sees substantial and increasing crossover engagement through 2013. Meanwhile, Off, a 2008 Belgian RPG maker game with creepy atmosphere and metatextual elements, captures another segment of the fanbase's attention. Then there is a podcast. Welcome to Nightvale provides a place for those homestucks who miss listening to the mellifluous tones of mysteriously knowing and very likely handsome narrators. On December 11th, 2013, it is suddenly clear why the something awful thread was not locked. This year, as part of the forum's Secret Santa program, a notoriously rowdy or annoying thread from every subforum is swapped to another. The Homestuck thread is moved from Comics to the Games subforum. Games regulars immediately flood the Homestuck thread, many of whom have never posted there before. Still, they talk about Homestuck They talk about trying to read Homestuck and giving up. They talk about how Problem Sleuth was better, and they quit when all the pester logs showed up. They talk about how they quit when all the trolls showed up and it got really annoying. They admit to having created wildly popular AUs before they quit reading Homestuck. They talk about the major main characters that they named before they quit reading Homestuck. They compare Andrew Hussey to Hideo Kojima. They add their many voices to those who believe that Vriska is going to come back to life, absorb the green sun, and destroy Lord English with it, a fan theory based almost entirely on the thumbnail art for a track on one of the albums. They make fun of the people who believe the thing I just said. That same month, Namco High comes out. The thread complains about how it is disappointing. Quote, new grounds as fuck, unquote. They are suspicious of how it has been monetized. They post funny screenshots. They criticize the art. They tell everyone when there is a Kickstarter update and share what information they can. In January of 2014, they barely notice when the thread is moved back to the comics forum since after the initial blow up at the start of the swap, it didn't matter much anymore. With the comic paused, the thread is no longer that rowdy and it's a pretty regular amount of annoying. They discuss the new merch that drops. A calendar, new shirts and hoodies, consort and Scalemate plushies, a tarot deck, lunch boxes, wall prints, keychain fobs, vinyl figures of the four original kids, a pair of Scalemate boxer shorts like the ones Terezi wears, and a fan art t-shirt contest in conjunction with We Love Fine and Hot Topic. They complain about Hot Topic. They complain about the people who shop at Hot Topic. They say Homestuck took a wrong turn when it started appealing to the people who shop at Hot Topic. Or use Tumblr, or into shipping, or like anime, or are teenagers. They talk about how, in March 2014, three months after Namco High's release, it's announced that Shifty Look is shutting down in the summer. They theorize that Lord English's time powers have something to do with cherub sex. They talk about how classpect analysis is interesting and useful. They talk about how classpect analysis is boring and useless. They say Caliborn is more deserving of redemption than Briska, since he's being more proactive now. They say anyone who believes that is awful. On April 13th, 2014, the fifth year of Homestuck concludes with no updates to the main comic, but Hussey announces the launch of Paradox Space, featuring short side stories written and drawn by a variety of 2010's webcomic luminaries set in the broader Homestuck universe. Hussy doesn't mention that you can go to patreon.com slash range touch and support us to hear in a few months our planned forthcoming bonus episode on the entire run of Paradox Space. But again, it's nice to imagine. Instead, for now, we'll have to go with The Thread's opinions. The people in The Thread talk about how this is the Star Wars EU. They talk about how it is just licensed fan fiction. They talk about how these are shitty fan comics. They talk about how they hate them. They talk about how no one but Andrew Hussey can get the character voices right. They talk about how anything Homestuck-related that Andrew Hussey didn't personally make sucks. They talk about how Hussey not posting more updates on the status of the actual comic sucks. They talk about how the lack of updates on the Kickstarter sucks. They are upset when the Kickstarter game's 2014 release date slips. They are unsurprised. When the game's 2014 release date slips. They talk about how there are already allegedly Wacko fans somewhere threatening legal action. They wonder why important moments in the comic are constantly put off screen, only to be described later and at a remove. They wonder why Andrew Hussey seems so determined to do this constantly. They wonder why the comic keeps changing directions, as if the plan for the story was discarded and a new one implemented, only for that one to be discarded in turn. They wonder whether it's thematic. And whether the point of Homestuck is that things that seem important rarely are. They wonder if it's because Andrew Hussey does not really know how to write anything except gags and characters hanging out. Sometimes, there is a paradox space update that they find okay. In September of 2014, Hussey announces that the Gigapause is nearing its end. However, they have not been able to complete everything they wanted to, and so the final update will not be one large chunk as previously suggested. Instead, it will be dispensed in smaller bursts over the coming months. Hussey promises something is on the horizon. The end of the story, yes, but something else, which they mysteriously yet facetiously refer to as The Rapture. On October 16th, 2014, one year after it began, the GigaPause ends. The update immediately but temporarily crashes the MSPA website. And only the MSPA website. And only temporarily. Act 6, Act 6, Act 3 begins. Caliborn welcomes us back, explaining that he has spent his time away studying the manga tome left for him by Hussey. He is now a master of the finer arts. He had other plans for his story, of course, but sometimes being an artist is about trashing plans you made and going along with something new, especially when it is as enchanting as manga. He shows us his Deviant Art profile, where he has put up some of his incredible pieces for our viewing pleasure, though with plentiful copyright watermarks to deter us from stealing them. These include soulful pictures of a shown in Dave and Carcat chastely interlocking hands, which for Caliborn provides all the debauched thrills of human romance with none of the gross details or girls usually involved. He shows us his versions of Nepeta, Teresi, and Vriska, summarily executing them all before revealing the party responsible. His overpowered self-insert, a red-eyed, bishy version of John with a golden cue stick leg sporting the Cairo overcoat and a massive pair of green electric wings. Caliborn realizes he's made a mistake and changes the eyes to a flashing sequence of colors to symbolize his inevitable future total union with the time magic represented by his felt minions. As Caliborn has his OC Donna Fedora and engage in a dalliance with the girl from the manga book's cover, the actual John teleports in over his shoulder, confused. Caliborn is surprised to see John again. John recognizes Caliborn as his enemy and somehow responsible for everything that has happened. He vows to kick his ass. Caliborn seems pleased and pronounces Game over. Game Over is also the title of The Flash that covers the end of Act 6, Act 6, Act 3, and the beginning of Act 6, Act 6, Intermission 3, which are intercut starting now. What happens is this. John and Caliborn fight, punching, kicking, biting, giving each other wedgies, and things like that. Karkat and Kanaya run to save Teresi from Gamzee. He throws her aside and uses his sword cane to stab Karkat, who falls into the lava. Enraged, Kanaya chainsaws Gamzee in half vertically. Arania telekinetically shoots Dirk's sword at the unconscious Jane, but Jake rushes in to save her. They are both skewered and judged just and heroic, respectively. Dave fights PM and Jack Noir for possession of Jade's corpse. They kill him, and his death is judged heroic. The Condesse uses uses her laser eyes on Arania, who dodges, but the blast hits Kanaya, incinerating her. Rose screams. Arania uses psychic powers to pull Rose's planet out of the sky, smashing it into Jane's. She and the Condesse engage in a telekinetic duel with the remaining planets. Teresi attacks Arania, who mind-controls Teresi into stabbing herself, and Rose attacks the Condesse, who spears her with a trident. Before Rose is finished off by the Condess' laser eyes, Roxy wakes and jumps in, teleporting Rose to safety. Terezi stands and pulls the sword from her chest as, in the sky above, the Condess grabs Urania by the neck. Back in Caliborn's command station, John beats the shit out of him before zapping away. Caliborn is left on the ground among his scattered plastic horse figurines, and in his shock ends Act 6, Act 6, Act 3, with Act 6, Act 6, Intermission 3 already in progress. Therein, the Condesse pulls the Ring of Life from Urania's finger and snaps her neck, dispensing a death judged just. John zaps into the session to find it in ruins and wonders what the hell has happened. The curtains fall, and we return to Caliborn in Act 6, Act 6, Act 4. Still lying on the floor, he now passes out. In his dreams, where only he exists as a wiry neon outline, he bewails the hostility of his audience, noting how hard he works as a content creator for so little appreciation. He explains he is misunderstood by those who consider him a bad guy, but says he is just a simple artist with some minor homicidal impulses. To prove the artist's part, he vows to get back to work to practice his craft and embark upon the construction of his masterpiece. We are allowed a glimpse of his blueprint, a tiny stage similar in design to the one Calliope and Jade are hanging out on. But, he explains, producing the real thing won't be cheap, and he encourages us to back his project on a new trickster-themed crowdfunding platform where we will be able to support him by donating CalCoins, the cryptocurrency he has invented. He promises that soon we will experience his masterpiece and the unbelievable conclusion of his story. Act 6, Act 6, Act 4 ends.
1: That all happens. Mm Mm-hmm. I gotta go all the way back. Uh, about 14 minutes ago. Yeah. You uh, you're probably gonna edit it out. Uh huh. But you said you were going to say Vriska. But I believe you said Riddick. <laughs> I don't think that's what and you, happened. <laughs> and you caught yourself. <laughs> it sounded like you were like Riddick Vriska. <laughs> uh, I, the yes. very beginning. Okay. And I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. You know that's the good stuff. Uh huh. We could be talking about Riddick right now. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you're talking about uh, Goblinoid Turtlemen. I forget what they are. Mm-hmm. What are the What are the felt? What the, what, are, what is their species? Um, they're leprechauns. Leprechauns. We're talking about lepre. We could be talking about uh, the Last furian. Mm-hmm. And, and you talking about leprechauns. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> well, how about that? How about all that stuff? Yeah, you know this makes a lot more sense. I'm gonna uh, uh, a couple times this has happened since uh, our our little friend Caliborn has appeared the, the the little goofy gremlin himself. A few times people have said, "Hey," in the Discord in particular, uh-huh. "Hey, have you considered that Caliborn might be an author insert?" Mm-hmm. And I've said, "No." Uh huh. And now I get it. Right. (laughs) Uh, But also, you know, it's this great moment. We've talked about this uh, a few times, right? Where like the Homestuck fandom has almost, uh, I don't mean this is a criticism, it's just a statement of fact, right? Now that the thing is over, the kind of archival relationship has produced a kind of uh, feeling of... Uh, In a a discursive mode of homestuck as the whole thing all at one time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's everything all happening at once. All the content is canonical simultaneously, all that kind of stuff. And so it's been interesting to realize uh, during this this part of sode reading that. That people are having conversations with me about a thing I have not experienced yet, but talking to me as if I had, because the information that they have from the future position has already re-articulated all the stuff that I'm familiar with and folded it into that narrative. Uh Uh-huh. You know, the the future ate the past, Mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, happens all the time. Uh, But uh, it is interesting to see it happen to yourself in real time. Um, And, uh, you know. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag who's the gamesy, you know what I'm saying?
0: No, I uh I also find that very interesting. Uh, you know, it's it's the thing that happens in Homestuck all the time. And uh one of the points that I think has been interesting about this show in particular and kind of like working through it is kind of like seeing where that folding back in happens. Uh, because mm-hmm. the the idea that Caliborn could be some sort of like self commentary on Hussey's part has been floated Uh, in both serious and joking ways since like Caliborn got named and started doing stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm pretty sure like in the something awful, uh, thread within a first, within the first couple updates, when like Caliborn is entered his session, someone made a comment of like, Oh, what if like, you know, Caliborn is Hussey and Hussey has to train Caliborn to like be the new author and all this stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, that. Sure, right? Like that idea exists. And it's sort of like, uh, in in the typical like serial reader mode, uh, it invites you to take that idea and then kind of apply it and see what comes out of the story. And then like, you know, uh, uh, speculate further or come up with additional theories kind of in support of that. Uh, But... I agree with you, Cameron, that it is actually not until here textually where we get that showing up that uh, up until this point, Caliborn has been uh, has existed in kind of this mocking relationship with Hussey, right? Kind of like uh, showing uh, uh, like the, you know, copying and repasting art during during his like first little act. Right. This is how I can make so many of these so fast and that sort of thing. Yeah. and then moving into as we talked about last time the uh uh like kind of fan adventure mode of like taking someone else's illustrations and using them to tell your own story and now we kind of warp back around into this interesting thing where Caliborn is uh changing the direction of the story because he got interested in manga and uh also running a Kickstarter that is also implied yeah, to be it- a scam <laughs>
1: And, uh, his, yeah, and he's scamming his own bros. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, and, and also that, uh, you know, uh, his, the, the fictional creation is bludgeoning him. <laughs> you know, it's not his fictional creation, uh,
0: but, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. uh,
1: the, the fiction is being used as a weapon against him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, seems pretty, pretty significant.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like all to, to your point, right, that I think uh, this reading kind of unlocks some of that, the uh, more explicit self-deprecating aspects of of what Hussie is doing here. Uh, and in particular, right, having the year-long gap in between leaving this cliffhanger and then, you know, you've been gone for a year. What's going to happen? Oh, it's Caliborn's story again. and He's going to make you look at his really bad anime fan art. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, like this is the Gigapause, folks. Uh, people have been wondering like how I would, uh, cover it. And this is how I decided to cover it because I wedged it here in the middle of a, a chunk of reading. Um, now what people
1: don't know mm-hmm. is that, uh, we recorded every other episode of the show in 2019. Mm-hmm. There you have it. And, uh, and yeah, at the end of December, 2019, we finished every episode and now, like a year plus later, mm-hmm. here we are mm-hmm. returning. To- things have really changed. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot's happened. Yeah. We probably shouldn't have waited this long.
0: No, I feel like things really went wrong when I, you know, stole those scripts, uh, for her F boy Island. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, we've known it was scripted all the time, <laughs> but
1: we wanted to get ahead of the production schedule. Yeah. Uh, you know, weirdly enough, the bonus episodes have been recorded in real time. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So this was a year uh, of no updates. I talked about the something awful thread uh, because I can like give you a narrative of that. You know, that's that's one of the reasons I I work with the thread, Uh, but also because I think as you probably got from my summary of what was going on in that thread. Uh, there's some real ugly fandom sentiment uh kind of bubbling up um and it i remember historically noticing this right like feeling like hmm the threads like getting really angry right people people feel like they should be getting more updates on this stuff than they are um and that also made the eventual return with Caliborn and everything uh feel particularly mm. loaded <laughs> uh And I'm not saying, like, there's a culpability here in any way, but it's kind of like, because according to Hussey's own kind of uh, admissions, like, this is all being written pretty far in advance at this point for the first time in Homestuck's history. Uh, And so it just happens that this stuff, like, you know, we get these people in the thread specifically and extensively complaining about the Kickstarter, and then we get an update that seems to kind of you know mock the very idea of the kickstarter uh and it it ha- it lands in a certain way right it feels a certain way and in particular because uh by that point uh by October 2014 things had really changed on the internet or at least uh my corner of it our our slice of it because uh gamergate had happened in August uh and i think that really like was an inflection point historically in terms of um Overall, just like the visibility of uh, internet harassment and abuse and kind of just the online hostility, uh, like the, the fact that like the temperature goes up in the thread sort of concomitant with uh, uh, Gamergate sort of being born on Twitter as well, right? That was also a thing that I remember being very, uh, I guess, uh, uh, a very strong coloring presence on right. what this well, all felt uh, like. Right. Uh,
1: also- also being born on something awful in, in GBS is where the initial post uh, mm-hmm. that, that kind of begins to spin into the broader movement that is mm-hmm. that is Gamergate appears, right? So, like, it's kind of a double
0: location thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Has Helldump been banned at that point? I don't
0: know. I know that the GBS post uh, gets uh, trashed. I know. Yeah. And then, like, it's on... And then he goes to uh, 4chan, and that's where... Uh, it really picks up. Um, but I don't know. I don't think Helldump has been. No, I don't think Helldump had been banned by 2014 or ended or whatever. Whatever happened to Helldump, whatever.
1: It destroyed yeah. or whatever. And, and, you know, I guess it kind of doesn't matter, but it does give a kind of coloring of, of as you're saying, right, that there's this kind of uh, set of maneuvers that are happening in nerd spaces across lots of different platforms, but that really accelerates on Twitter. Um and it creates really clear dividing lines, mm-hmm. um uh, around cultural issues and uh, questions of what fandoms are and who they are for and what they are supposed to do, mm-hmm. um and who gets to be a part of them. And I know you know I have a very clear mental model of what happened in games around all of that, um and the kind of resurgent, always resurgent, not originating in this moment, but simply uh, taking on a new presence and a new name of a uh reactionary conservative uh, element um not conservative in the sense of liberal and conservative but conservative in the classical sense of wanting things not to change or actively and nostalgically resisting the reality of things right mm-hmm. uh the the pure ideology set of of <laughs> gamers yes. right uh uh with their imaginary relation to real uh historical circumstances and so you know that's happening i'm sure that that is happening within homestuck i mean there's got to be stuff that happens in that fandom that does that but i could imagine and we don't have to get deep into that or even really talk about it but i can only imagine that in on the the something awful forums where this also becomes a uh big splitting force Mm -hmm. as it does across a lot of kind of nerd spaces i imagine that also brings some of that discussion to a head there especially if it was in the games sub forum (laughs) Uh, uh, for a while did, did it stay there for a long time I I I I, I didn't get a sense uh, I didn't fall asleep no. I just didn't uh, if you if you told me I don't remember when it happened
0: uh, there was a lot of content there. yeah there was <laughs> they moved the thread back to comics in January so by the time okay, game happens it's still in comics got it, got it, got it. Um, okay yeah and I think also just to note in kind of like a national sense for like US politics in particular because this was like this was also a big impression on me at the time um uh the ferguson uprisings in missouri are also happening after uh the killing of michael brown um right. so and that was also kind of an inflection point uh in a in like american politics and uh uh like you know back like the way backlash has continued to be uh uh generated and deployed by uh, uh the republican party here um and so i don't know like 2014 things got bad yeah, things started
1: happening, mm-hmm. um, and you know, obviously that gears up into uh, other chunks of uh, American reaction, mm-hmm. <laughs> broadly, broadly stated. Um, but yeah, it, but you know, the thing that's pertinent here, mm-hmm. right? You know, Homestuck is obviously responding to its conditions, but I could imagine a world in which you were someone. Uh, like Andrew Hussey, who had been dealing with uh, chunks of uh, fandom that one felt was toxic, mm-hmm. right, or, ha- or had some friction with, or whatever, and had oh, I don't know, written into the comics several different ways, um, and then maybe that felt much um, more highlighted, or much more direct, or in conversation with those things. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. really know, but it is. It would be so easy. I guess what's notable about this or what, what's really interesting is it would be really really easy to uh fold caliborn's type of fandom into whatever uh you know the kind of uh, uh gamer uh, gamergate conservative images of that fan like the 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 bad fan mm-hmm. who is exclusionary. Uh, violent, uh, willing to push people out of the space, all those different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, he
0: right? the, the fedora thing, right? Like that was such a right. joke of this time. Like the men's rights right. activist who wears the fedora.
1: Right. And it would be really easy to kind of fit that into to the thing. I don't really get a sense across this comic. What, what Hussey's politics are in any kind of way, but Caliborn would fit that stereotype of what the Gamer Gator is, mm-hmm. right? Or what that kind of fan is. Uh, and yet, Hussey makes the choice to to turn Caliborn into Hussey. Yeah, um, right, right. You know, in a world in which the the easy maneuver is given right to you, right? Like, just make the fan the bad fan into the real bad fans. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hussey swerves, which is maybe the you know the gremlin that lives in Andrew Hussey's heart, <laughs> who who can never go the way you wanted. Yeah, know, the 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 easy way is impossible. It seems for Andrew Hussey. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that's a good way of doing or describing it that is what it feels like it's like there is a layup here there is a layup right? that's
1: exactly right there is a layup and as he said what about that half court yeah. <laughs> you ever thought you ever thought about getting up in the stands and seeing if you could do it um golly yes but but again, right, and also I could I could see a universe in which uh, one would not want to become embroiled in that, mm-hmm. right? I like I don't know how much I truly don't, and maybe you do. I don't know how much that entire event leaks over into Homestuck, and it could be that it it is not touching Andrew Hussey in as direct a way as it is many 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 other people in both gaming and adjacent kind of nerd interest spaces, mm-hmm. and it could be that Hussey is like I just. I, I do not want to invite in the one moment of their of self-restraint they have ever shown artistically, <laughs> they said, I don't want to bring that, you know, to my doorstep, um, which uh, again, based on Hussey's previous interactions with fandom and obviously clearly negative um, A- affects associated with that. I get yeah. it. That makes sense to me. I, I wouldn't want to invite that either. Yeah.
0: Well, the other attitude that shows up in the thread that I think is really important to think about uh, and, and this is a more Homestuck-specific uh, kind of context, but um, the the launch of Paradox Space, right, This it's its own separate website uh, with these fan comics on it, or they're, you know, fan comics, quote-unquote, because they're not just things that are being posted to Tumblr. These are like... Uh, things that other webcomic artists are being paid to write and illustrate and Hussey even mm. writes a few of them uh and again we're we're going to do a bonus episode on these and we'll we'll talk through them all sort of individually then um but the threads reaction to it uh is so negative and for so long and if there's one reason I made you listen to me summarize that year of posts, it was because I read page after page after page of these people just complaining that nobody can write Dave the way Andrew Hussey writes Dave. Like just endless carping and complaining. And, uh, these attitudes that are, are very much, I think predicated on this idea that, I don't want to have to engage with anything related to Homestuck that Andrew Hussey, the original creator, personally did not make. Uh, same, yeah, same. Okay. <laughs> Uh, But this this uh, falls out into like long form critiques and criticism and just like mean, mean critiques and criticisms, I should say, talking about how these these artists aren't funny. They haven't like their own comics haven't been funny for a long time. uh, uh, And it's sort of uncomfortable because some of these artists are on this forum, have posted in this thread uh, and they're just—I mean, you know—it's—it's it's the internet, uh, but just the—the the, like rage that seems to come out in some people when they are one made to read someone who is not hussy-like work with these characters, um, and then two, sort of uh, a, a kind of anger that that seems, uh, you know, predicated on just the idea of having to engage with anything that is close to fanish content, right? The the right. I mean, it's very much a you know a Calibornian kind of characteristic, uh, this obsession with the author and uh, only want like you know, Caliborn speaking only to Hussey, directly to Hussey, tell me what is going on, what is happening, like give me like your words for this and that sort of thing. Uh, but here in like a very real context, it's just uh, uh, it's kind of misery, like these people are miserable, mm-hmm. and yet, and yet. They are still reading the comics every day to complain about them. Yep. Uh,
1: okay. Well, what's the reason for the Gigapause?
0: Uh I mean, like Hussey says, uh, needs to work on the Kickstarter game, needs to work on mm-hmm. Homestuck itself, uh, and arrange for some uh end of end of Homestuck animation type stuff. Hmm. You can stop right here and think, like, if you were Andrew Hussey and you were taking a break from your webcomic just to work on the webcomic and were in some way maybe aware of what's going on in the Something Awful thread, it might not make you too eager to get back to the internet (laughs) and have to deal with these people. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm asking, right? Is, like, is it... It, it, in hindsight in retrospect many years later mm-hmm. right with the the weird reconstructions of historical events that uh people on the internet are want to do mm-hmm. is there a broad consensus that 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 the stated reason is the real reason or is there a broad consensus that andrew hussey just did not want to work on this comic for a while which is by the way been my advice consistently <laughs> throughout the whole thing <laughs> Uh, as I've said many times, I would simply not make it. I would simply not invent Homestuck. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I can't say, uh, for sure where, like, consensus with any given community stands these days. Uh, mm-hmm. I have never encountered people saying that the Gigapause happened because Andrew Hussey just, like, didn't want to touch Homestuck for a while. Well, that's notable and interesting. Um, how many posts was that? Um, I didn't count, but... Uh, over a thousand. What are we talking about? Twelve, twelve, thirteen. <laughs> yeah, twelve or thirteen posts, probably. <laughs> Hi, Michael here in the edit. I know we just joked about how many posts that I read, and a thousand is like a lot of posts, and it's really funny. But I couldn't resist. I went back and I did the math for this episode. I read over six thousand posts. You're welcome a wow, 1000 posts. Yeah. Uh easily easily over that. Uh and as I said, like, you know, I I talk about something awful because I was there and because I was I can narrativize it, but also because of the way that discourse works on a forum, uh, I can get kind of these uh, split uh conversations or kind of like uh, uh really hostile sections of the fandom and more conciliatory parts of the fandom. Um, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, the, one of the problems with Tumblr, uh, is that not only was I not kind of engaged in that space on my own, I kind of always came at it at an angle. Uh, I think your experience on Tumblr and like what the Homestuck fandom on Tumblr was to you depended a lot on who you were following, mm-hmm. right? So, Of course uh, I'm, yeah. there's just no way to, to satisfy that particular, uh, uh, way of trying to make sense of what Homestuck was, whereas the Something Awful thread has a fairly narrow, uh, uh, permit here.
1: Right. Narrow band of people who were chatting about stuff.
0: Uh, wait, what's going on on Tumblr at the same time? Uh, I don't know. I read so many Something Awful posts that I did not look (laughs) at the Tumblr posts this time. I was like, no, Uh -uh." (laughs) Uh-uh. I mean, I, I OK, I peeked. I peeked a little. Uh, mostly I saw <laughs> you,
1: you read one post. It was about it was like about Christmas or some shit.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I looked at some. I mean, there are people who were like posting fan art and like jokes and things. Uh, uh, but I did not dig into into the Tumblr gigapause stuff because I could not be like it would kill me. It would literally kill me.
1: Yeah, it would It would be like a uh, like a laser beam from <laughs> yes. space shooting you yes. in the head. <laughs> I get uh-huh. it. I mean, I don't look at any of this, so uh, you know, I'm I'm un, I'm free from sin. I'm untouched by the the perils of nature yeah. out yeah. here.
0: Oh, that said, though, uh, I did have a few people who uh, uh, were Tumblr users in kind of this era who did reach out to me and kind of share their fandom trajectories with me because I was aware of some of these, like. Uh, uh, off, for instance, Rumpa, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I did not know uh, about the uh, uh, Swim Club thing or uh, Attack on Titan or uh, what was the other one that was mentioned? Uh, oh, I did. I knew about Welcome to Night Vale. I had actually listened to Welcome to Night Vale from pretty early on in its run, and I didn't realize that Homestuck fans had plugged into Night Vale. In fact, I think the first time I re- like. Uh, yeah, the first time I knew about that was because Joseph Fink told me about it, uh, right. because what I associated with Night Vale was the Hannibal fandom really going nuts over it. But I don't know, whatever. Huh. Fascinating. You know. Well, what do you think about uh, what actually happened here? Um, well, so we get all of these little pieces maneuvered together. And people in the thread at, at, at kind of this juncture are already irritated. They feel like things are happening, like we're... You know, things are things are being moved, but nothing is actually occurring, right? The plot is not really moving. And that is because everything is being maneuvered to set us up for this cliffhanger. Okay. Uh, the Gamzy terezi stuff, I don't know how you feel about it, but I know I have... I, I feel maybe of a couple of ways about it. And I know that there are people in the thread who illustrate kind of the two ways you can go at it, which is like, oh, this is so funny. Like Gamzee being this uh, uh, murderous clown thing. And then other people saying like, well, this is all being presented in the context of these two having kind of an abusive relationship. And so it uh, feels a little grody to me.
1: That's interesting. I mean, I didn't Terezi just spend, like, this whole last uh, part of episode, uh stabbing Gamzee? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just feel like the relationship... Hey, that's, that's such an interesting thing to me, I guess, about, like, the fandom uh, circuitry mm-hmm. here, you know, the, the kind of, like, forms and modes, because for me, like, I read that, I was like, okay, they were in a relationship, and now uh, due to this, like, cosmic level um, uh, plot events, right? Like, they're back to not really being associated with one another, right. you know like you know it's not i i think sometimes i don't know the like the um uh, what do you call it the kind of ubiquity of like uh enemies to lovers or lovers to enemies and things like that those kind of like uh memetic frameworks mm-hmm. for understanding these things sometimes i think that that might get in the way of just like what happens in the thing right. and like to me it's like I I think my impression, and maybe I'm just wrong here, right? And we'll see what, what happens. But my impression, basically, at the beginning of this part of the episode was like, they're not in a relationship anymore. <laughs> they are back to being just like trolls who don't like each other, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and you know, the comic itself plugs a bunch of stuff into this because, who is it, Rose? Yeah. Rose is like, oh, is this one of their... Is this one of their troll romance things? Right. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what's happening. Maybe it and is, And that's a discussion right? like, that
0: happens in the thread. Is like, well, is... Uh, is this a cultural thing like of course we have readers taking up that kind of angle on it
1: <laughs> right and and for me i just you know kind of uh avoid the whole thing in terms of like well the stakes of the story have changed mm-hmm. here the 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 plot has created a situation uh, under which these two people are no longer friends and they will now murder one mm-hmm. another and maybe part of that has to do with um I, probably my relative lack of attachment to these characters. Mm-hmm. I think they're interesting to read about. But I really, at this point especially, feel about these characters in the same way that I feel about, like, uh, some X-Men, right? Like, <laughs> it's not weird. It's not weird to read an X-Men comic and, read uh, to you know, to read a, a run by uh, a writer of six issues or whatever, right? And someone uh, who last, last run, they were in a relationship, you know, whatever, uh, Emma Frost and Cyclops... You know they were in love before, right? And now they're enemies, and they're blasting each other in the face with laser beams, right? Like, or, or of course she's turning into a uh, a crystal due to her secondary mutation. Mm-hmm. I know all the lore. Mm-hmm. Don't come at, come at me. But I, I guess what I'm saying is like. The stakes of like comic booky kind of stuff to me doesn't make me be like, oh, yeah, this has to follow a certain pattern. It's like, okay, they're just, they're, they're enemies now and they're going to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really weird is the, you know, we, his like weird clown powers he uh-huh. has. I forget what the actual evil term is. Evil clown power. <laughs> evil clown. I'm sorry. I knew, I knew it was something close. His evil clown power is. Uh, you know, obviously in the initial moment of Gamesy's creation, informed heavily by the uh, Insane Clown Posse, ICP. Mm-hmm. And we really haven't seen that come up very often. You know, he's wearing like this fake, uh, you know, like hero tier outfit and all this kind of stuff. Right. He looks like a jester. Well, that they don't look like jesters, really. You know, perhaps the an album cover, the great Malenko himself might appear <laughs> to be a jester. But the Insane Clown Posse themselves do not wear you know, this kind of medieval clown outfit. But we all know from the song, what is a juggalo? uh that they're hulkamaniacs mm-hmm. and that they powerbomb motherfuckers into thumbtacks like we know that <laughs> and lo and behold yes! in this part of so gamsy fucking starts whipping out wrestling moves and i was like well there he yes. like <laughs> like this has not happened very often uh in this comic that the the the, the clown power icp power set has actually mattered <laughs> uh in the thing uh, i some of the stuff that I'm saying here too i i i is inflecting by i've been moving the past i don't know week or so very slowly from one location to the to the next mm-hmm. and I've been listening to uh, a lot of the podcast screw it we're just gonna talk about comics with the the heinz brothers they're comedians and I I think it's an acquired taste. I like the show. It's not a criticism of it, but I don't think you can just dive into it. Right. You got to like they're and they're pretty, um, pretty open about like this is two brothers whose like peak of of nostalgia is mid 80s Marvel comic books. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like Love and Rockets and the Sandman, you know, (laughs) they're they're a very particular age and type of comic book nerd. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, sometimes it gets like a little much. I'm sure that people listen to to me and say, oh, sometimes it's a little bit much. I get it. Uh, that's how uh, media criticism goes. But what's really fascinating to me is they do the series. They did this long running series where they were reading through a huge chunk of Chris Claremont's work on X-Men. Um, and they, and they were talking about this kind of tension that's even in the fandom at the time between plot and character. Uh, and so much of what they are talking about is like their their deep nostalgic love for the way these characters interact with one another and i've read some you know not that much claremont i haven't read 200 issues of claremont or whatever but i've read some claremont uh and i i don't like whatever they are talking about in that comic i just don't like it's fine and chris claremont's a talented writer but it's like to me, I don't know. I, you know, I have a similar relationship to Homestuck. But the interesting thing that what they're talking about is the way these, these characters peeing off of one another and the way that kind of Marvel and particularly X-Men characters kind of weave in and out of each other's stories. And, you know, you get the new mutants coming along and all this kind of stuff that uh, that the way they talk about that really heavily reminds me of the way that, um, I you know, we see people in the way that you report that people at the time and now talk about these homestuck characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's partially why I'm making that kind of linkage between Terezi and Gamzee and like some random X-Men who (laughs) two issues ago were, were lovers and now are enemies again, right? Or vice versa. It's like, they're just kind of like little action figures pinging into one another. Right. And what's interesting to me for all of this is let like the plot structure that has them run into each other like this, or like create situations under which those characters react to that. That's the interesting part to me, not just the character's, Outside of any constraint, dealing with one another, mm-hmm. um, and so kind of like in my mind, Terezi and Gamzee fight one another. That's where it's at. That's the stuff. Like, what does that mean? What's going on here? And that—that that was, you know, the the follow up to that, right? All these characters getting blasted and obliterated and dying and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the home. That's the homestuck solution as I <laughs> early established. You got too many characters. Just kill some of yeah, them. Yeah, just kill a whole bunch. Get them, of them. out of there. Yeah, kill a whole bunch. But anyway, so I, you know, it was interesting listening to that podcast and listening to them over the course of a few podcast episodes talking about that kind of set of Claremontisms that really solidified a particular way that Marvel characters uh, were written Claremont along with John Byrne, kind of really setting the standard of that in the 80s and then going on to read this kind of right after that in prep for this part episode of so be like, oh, wow. OK, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of weird that that this part of so does feel a lot like a traditional comic book like a like a floppy
0: comic Mm -hmm. yeah uh i just have to uh get this in here so while we're talking about gamzy teresi so possibly my favorite moment uh in in like the responses to (laughs) these little these little panels uh, how this mm-hmm. works, obviously, uh, we start out with Gamzee getting stabbed uh, by Terezi again and again and again. Um, then Arania's mind control gets shattered. And then Gamzee, I, I didn't really get into this to my summary, but like he doesn't just uh, seem confused, right? It's, it's a real like puppy dog, like Terezi. Why are you hurting me? Kind of thing. Uh, And and then he just like starts screaming and then beating the crap out of her. Uh, Simultaneous with this, Jake, who has been like killed, he resurrects because he got killed in a silly way. Uh, He comes back to life and then he stands there and he watches uh, Gamzee just like slam Terezi brutally into the ground. And there's like blood and glitch artifacts flying everywhere. And Jake is just like watching. And there's someone in the thread who is like uh, so people are are debating they're like well look at that Gamsey was Gamzee was trying to be uh, uh nice to Terezi. and then she had already been stabbing him so like it's it's justified that he got really upset uh and then people are like well uh, I actually just think Gamsey's the one who sucks and he he's the really bad one in this situation of course someone comes in and says if you ask me the worst person here is Jake <laughs> Because he's not (laughs) intervening. (laughs) And it's like such a hilarious escalation of all of this. (laughs) It's like if you ask me, the person who's really doing bad here is Jake. (laughs) I
1: I mean, this is the this is always like, I think it's my hard limit, right? Like, and I, I, I try to be open about that. It's like. These aren't real people These aren't real people (laughs) (laughs) They're little fictional things They're little action figures we bang around And the stories we tell with them have meaning And are significant And contribute to a mass arts culture that we live in And need to be analyzed as such But like that's not a real ethical scenario right well in it right in the same way that like the ones who <laughs> yes. walk away from omelas is not about a real kid trapped in utopia you know uh being abused on the floor yeah. right like that's not it's not about that it's like a, a thing to think right. about and consider
0: well and uh, yeah, as we all know when you finish omelas you have to rip the pages in half to let the child out um <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and that's the thing is it's like i i guess that that's i'm not trying to be dismissive of that i guess that's an interesting because what this person is doing is looking at the scenario and then saying all right well what does the story say Mm -hmm. you know like what is being said but the i guess the the thing about that is like i think you can say what a story arc says Mm -hmm. i think you can say what like you know kind of uh uh some sort of completed arc of of events say I I think it's hard to read a situation like this, Mm -hmm. right? And come to any conclusion other than, like, reading character intent or assigning intent or ideas to these characters, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, uh, maybe is Jake uh, alternate reading? Jake's just a POV character here for us to go, holy shit, there's Jake. He's just like us. He doesn't know what to do. (laughs) Right? Like, Like, there's this whole, like, history of, uh, like, ways that characters are figured into stories. Uh, You know, like... Um, uh, I, you know, I, I just, I kind of think that Jake Sully just should have, uh, gone on back to the, uh, you know, to the planet earth, never gone to that, uh, blue world or whatever.
0: <laughs> well, uh, so yes, I agree. And one of the things that's happening here, and it's a thing that you know, is understandable because Homestuck plays with these boundaries all the time. But the, the visual framing of all of this is comedic. Like Jake, just staring at this happening is supposed to be a joke because you, as you say, Cameron, I think you're supposed to take him as a point of view character. Like he just died, came back to life. And now there's this (laughs) juggalo who he's only seen like once before beating the crap out of this other person. He's never seen before. And like Gamzee has all these like really weird herky jerky animations that are like uh timed really funny right so they look comedic even though he's doing awful things he like does this uh uh is it like does he do a haymaker or something but he does something that causes his like uh cod piece on his uh his right. god tier outfit to like whip right past jake's face and the entire time jake is just like <laughs> staring at this whole scene bug-eyed and it's a joke yeah, he
1: does a uh, clown suplex yes. <laughs> that, that makes his cod piece get get uh Yes, I mean literally. He's like rolling with with Terezi. He's like rolling around the screen, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then like does this is on sixty eight sixteen. It was like it's a GIF animation of him of them spinning in the air. I mean, yeah, it's it, I I look. I, you can I can't tell you how to in, react to the thing, especially not backward in time. But it's meant it's played as a as a as a gag. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like two powerful foes going after one. It's like Batman and Superman fighting each other. <laughs> or really it's probably closer to like Daredevil and Hawkeye oh. fighting. And not even Hawkeye, but like Hawkeye. You know, like the Matt Fraction Hawkeye. Yeah. It's those two dudes fighting each other, you know? Um Yeah, I don't know. Like Homestuck maneuvers through many modes and does it really well, right? It does different types of stories all collapsed into each other, hybridized consistently. This is a moment where that's happening. And even on 6817, Jake is standing there and is reacting, is cringing as they rocket toward the ground at like Goku speed (laughs) uh, for the atomic double juggalo backbreaker to happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. So. I don't know. That's that's, that was it was a moment in reading the thread that just almost broke me was I actually think Jake is doing the worst here. He's the worst character.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, Just a priori. I think that's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So so all that stuff happens and then we get the cliffhanger of one year. Uh, We can talk a little bit more about what's going on with Caliborn and his manga in a bit. Uh, Let's just talk about everyone getting killed. Well, ev-
1: well. Can I ask one? Can, can I ask one question before we talk about everyone getting sure. killed?
0: What makes all the glitchiness happen? Remember that Caliborn shoved a whole bunch of uh, stardust and candy into the game cartridge. Right. Yep. So
1: that that's just this coming to bear. Yes.
0: Right. It's uh like that is supposed to be kind of like the the material reason or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, notably, the glitchiness did not start intruding like uh, Caliborn does that. There's a whole bunch of glitchiness uh, at the beginning of, uh, act Mm -hmm. six, act six, intermission one, John blows some of that away. And then it kind of disappears for a while. And now it comes back here, uh, you know, at least partly because it, uh, becomes a kind of like censorship joke, right? Like, uh, a lot of the, uh, fighting stuff with Gamzee and Terezi gets obscured behind these glitches. Uh, but mm-hmm. also, I think, you know, pinging off of what was going on back in Act 5, Act 2, when Terezi scratched the disc and uh, Doc Scratch had to mm-hmm. take over the narration, right? The uh, It's playing on this visual language of uh, the story is going in a wrong direction or it's been injured in some way uh, and, you know, it, mm-hmm. it can no longer sustain itself normally. Uh, something's going on there, so...
1: Yeah, what is the thing on 6803? Is that the clock?
0: 6803. What is this? Yes, that is Jake's God tier clock. That is, uh... Right, okay. Yeah, it's hit in the middle and it's flashing because he didn't go heroic or just. He's right there in the middle because he...
1: (laughs) Right, okay. That's what I thought. All right. Uh, the, uh... Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Good. Confirmed. I'm, I'm all...
0: Yeah, all these people get murdered. Yep. Uh, everyone, everyone gets killed. Um, reactions, responses, Cameron. Are they, are they gone for good? Well, uh, people in the thread, uh, are like, well, obviously this is going to get retconned. Wow. Because there's a character with retcon powers. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. The, uh, what do you call it? The image on 6829. Top tier stuff. Where Terezi's horns and uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, blindfold mm-hmm. are bleeding into the red of the this lava stuff, whatever oh, this yeah, is. Oh, yeah, no,
0: that's really cool. That's rad. And,
1: it's and again, there's ar-
0: Jake in the corner just like staring dumbfounded at the whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's in a huge number of these images. <laughs> uh, yeah, like definitely is this kind of POV uh, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look at the order of which
0: or in which people die.
1: Um, yeah,
0: Fortunately, it all happens in a flash animation. Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: For some reason, I thought a couple happened before. Um, I don't know. I I didn't have strong feelings about it. If only because we... uh, Exactly as you're saying, right? Like, this... We have firmly established that it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, you can kill anybody. They'll show up some other way. They'll appear in some sort of background ghost world bubble. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They'll get to live behind this like weird garbage stage, you know, where these other people are. So it's like, whatever. Like there's just no stakes to anyone dying. Right. Again, very similar to traditional superhero <laughs> yes. comics. Where it's like, all right, whatever. I didn't feel a way about it. I was like, I was a little surprised by who died, mm-hmm. right? Like Carcat dies, and then uh um uh what's it? why uh Kanaya, Kanaya gets lasered. Yep. I was a little surprised by yeah. that.
0: Yeah, uh you know, that that's kind of the the mood in the thread is almost like a initial um, uh, like shock, like, oh, I can't believe this happened to kind of the the numb acceptance of this is going to be undone. And in fact, people are making jokes of like, well, I can't wait to see like what plot mechanism gets introduced to make all of this unhappen now. Mm. So uh,
1: the thing that was really surprising to me was really not that, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of that, but uh 6881 this is what that really got me okay and i was like oh i i kind of like get what's happening with the rest of the, the comic <laughs> so was it
0: 68 uh, what
1: 6881 who you ask is this brooding beautiful dude? uh-huh <laughs> this is your true uh, self-insertion guy which is my prerogative uh, to do as an
0: artist john egbert caliborn self-insert well, kind of a John Egbert, but also kind of like Dream from Sandman. Oh, sorry, I I, I completely missed all that because I accidentally muted you.
1: <laughs> oh, got it. That that will. I w- I was wondering why you were like uh, as I was describing this beautiful man that you were just talking right over. Me no it's okay <laughs> I was like alright Michael, Michael's done with my shit <laughs> uh, but yeah but yeah so like kind of looks like uh, kind of yeah I can see some John, John Egbertism but to me I was like oh this is dream mm. like mm. this is dream and we've got like the the scarf which is already kind of re- pre-established you know it, by uh, previous the coat mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. which is Lord English from the other world whatever The other Lord English. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. well, that's who that guy is. Right. Like the Lord English who's running around, stomping around. That's this guy. Right. right?
0: Yeah. Like this, like uh, uh, people in the thread, uh, probably not too long after uh, Caliborn entered when we got the flash of. Lord English descending into the dream bubbles and doing what he's doing in Caliborn, waking up and entering the game. Uh, not too long after that, people, like one of the fan theories was just like, oh, like Lord English is Caliborn's self insert. Uh, like he has right. taken this story that Kalipe loves and now inserted himself into it and is destroying it. Uh mm. You know, notably, the, the differences here being that, yeah, like for some reason, Caliborn's insert uh, is human and also has big wings that Lord English does not have.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Wings are... A th- much much closer to the uh, the other image of the cherubs we've had.
0: Yeah, uh, the the wings are a sign that cherubs have reached maturity or, or whatever, right? An adult cherub mm-hmm. has wings. And so Calibor, he imagines right. himself as an adult, imagines himself, or imagines his OC, I guess, right? Imagines him with wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hmm, hmm, something to think about there.
1: Yeah, we've all, we've got that kind of like uh, Gnostic stuff that we talked about before, right? That Caliborn can make a fictional construct and then John can go and live in that fictional construct, mm-hmm. you know, like we, that's already pre-established, right? Like you can make a thing within the rules of homestuck. You can make a fiction and the fiction can be inhabited, right? Um, You know, and we get the, we kind of already know that that's happening because we have these, this proliferation of narratorial figures who, who have all made their own little weird sub creations. Mm-hmm. But then the text here, like really got me on 6881. It wasn't just the image, I probably actually wouldn't have thought too much about the image, but uh, 6881, the text is, this is yours truly, my self-insertion guy, which is my prerogative to do as an artist. I learned this from my master, the wise-ass ghost who haunted my computer. Right, so that's Andrew
0: That's Andrew Hussey, right? I love this so much.
1: Right? He was the best there was at stuff like this, he told me once truly. He was quite the piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> that's
0: one of my favorite lines in the comic. Uh...
1: But you know, also, do you, do you know who uh who's the best they are at what they do? Uh who? Wolverine. Oh. He's the best he is at what he does okay. and the, what he does is not very pleasant. <laughs> A- AKA, he is quite the piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Wolverine, quite the piece of shit. Okay, yeah. Uh, most people, I think, are probably like probably read this as a callback to Doc Scratch, who talks about being an excellent host. I believe as you uh, find that hosts go, I am simply the best there is. It's it's that kind of mind right. stuck permutation. Uh, right. The other thing uh, to take notice of here is a piece of art that I'm going to send you that you have seen before.
1: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to click on it.
0: Well, look at it. Oh, oh, yeah, that's I've I, we've seen this before. Yes. Is this some sort of powerful John Egbert? What is yeah. This? So this uh, this looks, again, like a powerful John Eg- Egbert fan art. Uh, this was speculative Lord English fan art that I showed you hmm. way back in Act 5, Act 2 before Lord English got revealed. Um, the artist uh, wow. is someone who at the time went by the name uh, Nacky Stilts. Mm-hmm. Um and this particular piece of fan art becomes kind of uh famous slash infamous for simply how off the off the market is in terms it, it, is an off model John Egbert for sure. <laughs> uh and uh so Hussey kind of clearly here, like echoes it, like incorporates it into the comic and everyone like people in the something awful thread recognize it. They're like, oh, that was the the weird anime fan art of uh, Lord English before he got revealed. Uh, Mm -hmm. It turns out that the original artist or maybe possibly artists, I don't know if they like did it together or if one like drew it and the other colored it or whatever. uh, They end up actually not being happy about this. They actually have their feelings hurt.
1: Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Right. Uh, we, we have the I mean, as we talked about before, right, Caliborn is uh, becoming like kind of a meld of different authorial stances here. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he retains his position in the narrative as this kind of ideal, awful fan mm-hmm. <laughs> and but has this additional layer now of replicating everything that Hussey has done. Right. Mm-hmm. That could just be, you know, and so it's tempting to read uh, Caliborn as one or the other, right? Is Caliborn a bad fan or is he a hussy, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think, you know, the way that I would read it and, and you know, the way I'm probably going to read it going forward, just, you know, in, in full terms, is that uh, Caliborn's a bad replication of an author, mm-hmm. right? Like the truly worst thing a bad fan can do is become a bad sub creator, right? Right. Uh Like someone who who is lifting all the strategies and tactics of the person who was better at doing the art before the originator of the art. yeah, The kind of thing. I mean, that's the gag with the manga, how to draw a manga thing. Right. is like I'm going to take, you know, as Caliborn says, I'm going to take the tools of the master and make something just as good or maybe even better. And it doesn't look good or even better, and yet that does not stop Caliborn <laughs> from asserting that to be true, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's just a worse maker. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, and, and and so, you know, it's tempting. This is, you know, this would be my response to or, you know, some of my pushback, some pushback to, of reading Caliborn as a hussy self-reflection, right? Or entirely as that, mm-hmm. is that... I, I, it feels to me just like level two of the same thing that Caliborn was doing before, or the same function that Caliborn served before.
0: Right. Well, and the other thing that he's doing, right, is he takes, like, the characters from Homestuck, redraws them badly, and then puts a copyright watermark on them and is like, trademark, <laughs> do not steal. These are my characters, <laughs> right? Uh,
1: <laughs> it's great. I, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, hold on, I gotta find that. Yeah. Oh, I can't... God. Game Over keeps, like, ruining me uh-huh. by... It, like, hijacks the thing.
0: Yes, it does. It hijacks the navigation in the in the reader. Um, just to... While you navigate that, uh, right. I will say also, uh, when the uh, artists of this art, like, made it known that they had their feelings hurt, that they, you know, didn't mm-hmm. take kindly to the way that this had been, corp- it had been incorporated, Hussey acknowledges that um, and writes a news post on the... Uh, MSPA webpage and, uh, says, uh, meant to post this here sooner along with the updates, but sp- still been tweaking some server stuff. Caliborn's self insert guy is a nod to some classic fan art from four years ago, which to my memory was the first speculative drawing of LE before he was introduced. Uh, also, definitely want to point out I'm not making fun of that art, which I think is a good drawing. I do remember once upon a time thinking it was pretty funny to imagine Ellie as a cool anime guy. So maybe that idea stuck with me all these years and led to the inspiration for this ridiculous arc. Who knows how inspiration really works? Anyway, it's all in good fun, and I still sometimes try to do the, quote, reader input influencing story outcomes, unquote, in little ways like this to keep the part that part of MSPA alive even long after the fan base got too big to do it directly through commands. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like, uh,
1: I mean, I, yeah, that sounds right to me. That sounds like the correct rationale, Mm -hmm. you know, like it, it, it's a great callback, right? And it's a great kind of maneuver and the same thing, but how could you do this and not definitely know you were going to hurt someone's feelings or you had the potential to right? Like, I that 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 seems like a clear mm-hmm. and obvious thing that would occur mm-hmm.
0: right especially since like the whole joke here is that the art is bad
1: yeah yeah the whole the whole joke is that the thing sucks right <laughs> uh, yeah so I don't uh, yeah I don't know mm-hmm. uh, Like as I've said many times I simply wouldn't have done that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, oh, you know, I I really like the. There's a. I was trying to find it, but it's in uh, Game Over, and I don't want to like watch the whole thing. But uh, when the the image of, uh, I forget uh, uh, one of the sexy ladies. I forget which of the <laughs> is is like flying through space and like. Smashing John in the head. Wait,
0: what? What are you talking? <laughs> is about? that 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 happens? Oh, right? oh, 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 oh! The Caliborn's like sexy ladies, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 His like sexy lady drawing right, is like
1: bouncing <laughs> off of John's head. I forget which one it is, but that that's very funny to
0: me. Yeah, like the, these weird, like disproportionate, like uh, <laughs> manga quote unquote style like drawings of uh, Riska and Terezi and Nepeta are all like floating yeah. and like running towards john and stuff
1: yes it's Nepeta who who is like but it's it's a like a um oh i forget i'm forgetting the italian uh milo minara the like spider woman pose but it like uh go goes in front of his face and he's like yeah. uh i i just want to say in a general sense we haven't said it yet game over is great mm-hmm. like well animated really cool obviously a big uh collaborative team effort mm-hmm. kind of like cascade it seems yes Uh, unless Hussey has radically changed styles repeatedly, which, uh, doesn't seem to be in their bag, but maybe they did.
0: Yeah, no, that was, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, uh, like other artists like input on Game Over and it is, yeah, very similar to Cascade, like working everything up to kind of this moment and then having a long story flash that, uh, pays off a couple of threads and then sets up some things that are going to follow after
1: mm-hmm the uh the the formal maneuver here in the in the same way that cascade played with the frame and all that kind of stuff uh the formal maneuver here of like bouncing back and forth from caliborns like part of the comic to the the normal you know part of the comic right mm-hmm. when they're going back and forth between timelines
0: that's genius mm-hmm. like that's so good yeah
1: uh, just really powerful stuff. Yeah,
0: if you're not reading along, what this looks like is that the regular MSPA website is like very neutral colors. It's like lots of uh, gray and beige and white. Um, and then Caliborn, when he's in control of the comic, the entire uh, website is reskinned skinned in various shades of green and also a bunch of the text changes. Like the informational text changes into a bunch of dismissive stuff, like giving Caliborn's opinion on the other parts of the website. Uh, and in game over when you see scenes of John and Caliborn fighting, uh, it's green and then it will like all switch over like it, uh, uh, there's, there's like a smear or a wipe that makes it seem as if there's like a a camera blur. Right. Uh, and Mm -hmm. then it becomes the other version of the website and it'll bounce back to the other. And it is, it's really cool.
1: Yeah. And like the planets, when all that stuff is happening, they're like flying out of the frame. There's a lot of really smart use of like the the interior and the exterior frame uh, to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, I guess you can't tell me one way or the other, but the way that I read the end of this, mm-hmm. unless there's more stuff you want to talk to about
0: in Game Over. Um, n- No, I think that's probably pretty good. Like my, my fear,
1: this is truly a fear, is that we're going to have read all bajillion and a half pages of this thing. You know, whatever. How many is it? Eight thousand or something? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're coming in on the home stretch. We we're in the wizard's quarter now. Yeah. Uh, the my fear is that this ending piece that we got of uh 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 what, what do you call it? Let me let me see here if I can click over to the thing. Yeah yeah yeah. So like sixty nine twenty one, like Caliborn beaten up by John, mm-hmm. laying on the ground, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I, I'm very worried that we're going to end up in this like time loop scenario, under which Lord English is only possible because John beat up Caliborn, and the and and we got kind of like a bootstrap paradox going on here, where the the beta kids it made all of this happen, this like big loop of Lord English's self insertion at the beginning of time by virtue of essentially John pissing off Caliborn. <laughs> Well and that will be so disappointing if that is the end of this thing.
0: In response to this, uh I will only note one thing. Uh uh in this uh page with Caliborn kind of, you know, lying on the ground passing mm-hmm. out, he is mm-hmm. surrounded by these plastic horses that Hussy yeah. left for him. Uh, right. he he's you know he's he's been beaten up he's been defeated uh, well let me just read something for you from a little book called the never ending story Okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll let you do it. And I'm not going to give anyone any context for this, because if you want it, you Mm -hmm. can go to Patreon.com slash range touch and listen to our bonus episode on the never ending story. Because, uh, boy, anyway. uh, And Karen said once there was a little weird gremlin
1: boy (laughs) who drew bad art
0: uh so in in this section actually i, I do have to tell you bastian the hero uh is riding on his trademark steed, which is a metal horse uh and he has just recently commandeered control of fantastica he has waged war against the childlike empress uh and he is now trying to seek out atreyu who is the former protagonist of the story who he now thinks is his enemy uh and he is he's riding his metal horse and then suddenly in the midst of a frantic gallop bastion's metal steed burst into pieces Bastion lay stunned by the violence of his fall. When he finally picked himself up and rubbed his bruised limbs, he found himself in the middle of a juniper bush. He crawled out into the open. The fragments of the horse lay scattered all about as though an equestrian monument had exploded. Something to think about.
1: So you're saying that this is somehow related to Disco Elysium. Yes. (laughs) Fascinating. (laughs) Fascinating. hmm uh. is harrier dubois the gamesy
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually hmm. something there. i do
1: think it's interesting okay you keep bringing up these horses and i keep asking you what's with them so i'm not even gonna bother just- don't tell me okay. don't don't say it all right i won't uh, what uh do you think but you- it is interesting to me yeah that Caliborn's oh sorry go ahead oh uh, i wonder I- if you're gonna ask me the question i'm about
0: to ask you oh yeah uh, what do you think of Caliborn's uh a uh, little interior thing going on here <laughs>
1: Well, it's his right angles thing. Uh-huh. Can he still only draw via right angles? Yes. Or is, did he overcome that at some point or get get through it or whatever, whatever word we want to use for the, the fictional guy?
0: Well, uh, I think he overcame it in the sense that uh, all of the anime art that we've seen him produce has been drawn on a computer, which is definitionally drawing with right angles because it's all made with pixels.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 Okay.
0: But his, inter- his interior
1: interior model is etch a sketch, mm-hmm. all right
0: angles. Right. So his like his his interior uh, like uh, his imagination, right? His his fantastic faculty, uh, is his exact style of like very scribbly ret- etch a sketch right angle drawing.
1: Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. He I, he does look like Lord English here, though uh it sixty nine twenty seven the the way that his head is set in front of his shoulders rather than on top of his shoulders that's what lord English looks like mm-hmm.
0: I really like how um in these panels like the way that transitions happen that like the panel that you're looking at will be the background of the next panel. Did you notice this mm-hmm. yeah yeah, you know, it's just so, some
1: sort of subcreation, some interior. You know, uh Caliborn's also got a decorative boot like some other person I know. Hmm. <laughs> fascinating.
0: Yep. Uh and I don't know. Like I think it, it looks kinda neat. I think it's interesting to have Caliborn complain about being a misunderstood content creator. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh
1: yeah. Uh Cal sucks. No okay. If I were in if I if I here I am I'm on the something awful thread. Okay, it's it's 2013. Uh huh. The pause is
0: gigified. Uh huh. I would simply write little Cal out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> no one comes in with that editing remark. Strangely hmm. enough, no one's like, "Well, we got to get rid of little Cal."
1: Whole forum full of fools.
0: <laughs> oh, you know uh,
1: something I I didn't think about last time, but it came to me in between the partisodes. When John drowns underneath all of those like Caliborn made uh like little daves. uh uh-huh. That's the same thing as Dave drowning in all that puppet
0: ass. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Circumstantial simultaneity, baby. It really it really is. It
1: really comes it gets you in your world. I was like going to sleep last night. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that's the same thing." <laughs> Never thought about that. Uh but yeah, this is this is I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. Presumably I will learn more about it. Yeah. I also really don't know what to do with the kickstarter. Although I do love the idea that like I mentioned before that he makes the felt donate all the money.
0: <laughs> yes, they're all in like a little <laughs> server farm. Gamzee's yeah. there too.
1: Yeah, Gamzee's also there. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. I I We get Zillihoo again yeah. because it's Zillihoo oriented. Mhm. loot. Yeah, Zilli loot. <laughs> Zilly who-
0: Calaborn needs funds to make this stage that looks strangely like Calliope's.
1: It does feel, I I will say this, this part of feels like part of a story Um, Mm -hmm. in a way that most sections of this comic don't
0: interesting what do you mean by that exactly
1: well this feels like a piece of a thing that is unfinished mm. you know what i mean like it feels like if i kept reading i would get more of the same arc of whatever the thing is whereas i don't get that feeling most part you know most okay. part of it's like up oh, here's more of some stuff that's happening and within that there are these kind of, of smaller movements you know if we think about it like in terms of like I think most of Homestuck is a series of scenes, mm-hmm. you know, that are just kind of stacked up against one another. Almost sitcom style, really, you know, with uh, a very light, overarching story. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but this feels like act one of X number of acts that you're going to tell a kind of a, a clear through running story. The end of this felt like, oh, if I kept reading, I will get more of this exact same narrative mm-hmm. piece. Maybe that's not true or not, but it, it does feel much more like, uh, of a singular thing. Uh, mm-hmm. this like post gigapause thing, uh, than, than much of what we've read before.
0: I think I agree, right? that There's something, uh, something has changed with kind of like the pacing or the orientation or something here.
1: Well, it also all came out on the same day.
0: That's true. Well, yeah. Guess that helps. Or at least,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, or oh, I guess all of the, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the Caliborn Dream stuff comes out on the same day, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it just felt like really I don't know. Yeah. Felt like it's something.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. Um so that wraps it up for partisode ten three. Episode ten is done. We are we are truly in the wizard's quarter because next time you hear us, uh actually, do you want to read, Cameron? Do you want to read a review on on Apple Podcasts?
1: I don't know how to how to do that.
0: I I uh, I can only read images now. Oh no,
1: I know it's it's a problem. I hope there's no more of those. Uh, you know what? Maybe this is the thing that's worth saying. Maybe the reason this all feels like a piece to me, just truly, is that uh, there's not that much uh, chat logs.
0: Oh, mm.
1: you know what I mean? Like it, I you're able just to like kind of read through the the comicy comic part and all the storytelling is visual. And that kind of stuff. And it all feels uh, like the scenes really neatly allied into one another. Uh, and you don't have to take like full 20 minute breaks to read like jokes <laughs> that are occasionally interrupted by like stuff that's happening. Oh my gosh, what's going on here? Apple Podcasts has changed the way that they show things. I can't see more reviews.
0: What? They're
1: hiding our oh reviews my- now? They're, they're, they're not hiding them, but you only see the first three. There used to be a little show more button, and now the show more button's not here. I, I, I'll have to access it on my phone. Give me just one moment. Two reviews I got. Here's one. This is from Neffy Does Things. I found this podcast through a TikTok, and it's all kick-started my hyperfixation on rereading Homestuck and learning about the inner workings of its creations and the community it created. Thank you so much for going through the work for us. Well you're welcome, Nephi does things, and this is yet another reference to a TikTok who's talking about the show. Ooh.
0: Put us on the TikTok. <laughs> if you know how computer work, put us on TikTok, please. Put put on TikTok me. <laughs> I I take I tick and talk, <laughs>
1: as the the famous video one says, like a clock. <laughs> I know that's a favorite for you. I actually don't find that very funny, but I know that you really enjoy that, Michael. And that was all for you. Mm-hmm, thank you. I know that you like tick and talk like a clock a lot. This is from Cowboy Planet. Subject is honk. More weird goblin bird updates, please. Long paps and pleasant shoes. <laughs> Uh, what's the weird goblin bird? Did I talk about a weird guy? That feels like a thing I would have talked about, but I don't know what that was in reference to. You
0: had a whole bunch of birds outside of your house that you had to take care of. Oh, yeah, that's true. That did happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fewer birds in my life now, thankfully.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's it. It's two reviews for this episode. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us a review, you can do that on uh, your podcast platform of choice. But if you leave one on Apple Podcasts, uh, then Cameron will read one out loud or one or two out loud on the show if they're they're five stars and they're funny. Uh, Otherwise, I have obviously been trying to work in Patreon stuff into the normal course of things. Patreon.com slash range touch. And next time then, When we begin episode 11 of Homestuck Made This World, I would like you to read until page 7,000. Ooh, 7,000. Isn't that nice? 7,187.
1: 7,187 is the next thing that we're reading to. Well, so the question I was going to ask you is, uh, there's only 13 episodes of this thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Of this program. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. We're getting close. Mm Mm-hmm. I've never I've never felt more thrilled.
0: <laughs> I've I truly I feel elated. If you feel thrilled, imagine how I feel. Uh disappointed and sad. Uh-huh. I'm heartbroken. I want there to be yeah. a gigapause every year until the end of Homestuck.
1: <laughs> Bring back the Gigapause! <laughs> this is Andrew Hussey, if you're listening. <laughs> The, Bring back the gigapods. Fans want the gigapods. What if that's happening just right now. <laughs> like here's we're in the gigapods. Yeah. It's like uh, you know, Kierkegaard said, You never know if you're right in the eyes of God. You never know if you're in the gigapods or not. <laughs> uh but great. Oh, that's exciting. All right. So we've got it looks like we got uh look at the schedule here. It looks like something like six episodes left, mm-hmm. give or take. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a time. Okay, cool.
0: Bye.